Welcome. You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. In, in the king's court, it's one of the oldest professions of being a comedian, a jokester, whatever. But like, in a way, they are modern day prophets because they take the, a good comedian goes, where's the untouchable topic? Because mm-hmm. I'm running right into that. Tap, tap, tap it. And, and yeah, and what I'm going to show is the fallacy of both sides of the argument. Right. Like, I'm going to show the extremist view, the quote unquote liberal view, all of that stuff. But but I think hands down, he's not only the greatest of our generation, Dave Chappelle, I think he's up there in greatest of all time. Like Oh, absolutely. Like Richard Pryor. Yes. yes he is. Yes. And and the cool thing is is he stands on their shoulders yeah. unapologetically. You know what I mean? Like But he's aware. A hundred percent. I've made it this far on my own. He knows yeah. that it's those people that have. I mean, like when Jay Jay Z was at an award and he came out and like introduced Dave, and he was like, "Man, even back there, we just had an interaction, and we were getting ready to get a picture." And and and, and I Jay Z said, and I turned to Dave, and I was like, "Man, you got to feel a lot of pressure, don't you?" And Dave was like, "Why?" And he goes, "Cause you got to say something funny all the time." And Dave Chappelle didn't miss a beat. And he goes, well, it's not as much pressure as you having to say something cool all the time. Mm. <laughs> I mean, just, just pow, pow, pow. Anytime he does, the only time I watch SNL is when he does a monologue. Oh. Because SNL is trash it now. It used to be so good. So good. So, so good. good. I and then Lauren don't Michaels. Know it in the good time. Every time somebody's like, you should watch SNL, it's great. I like watch it and I'm like. Not great. No. No. Nope. I need to never fall in love with it. Yeah. I need to know what seasons you are watching. I'm not. I. And here's, I'm not that invested. Here's to what happened with you. not just SNL, but Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Ugh. Was was the Trump era? It was like we have to show our cards and we have to let you know every night and every second that we are Hollywood, artistic, whatever. And we don't like this. And it was exhausting. I mean, it just became, and granted, Trump gave him a lot of material. Okay. <laughs> like, but so did Bill Clinton back then. Uh, I mean, and it was David still Letterman, funny. David Letterman. David Letterman. So that was my, like, I love these guys because my routine in high school, I would come home. Hey guys, we wanted to take a break from the podcast and I wanted to fill you in on this incredible resource. Listen, I know I've got a lot of pastor friends, a lot of church volunteers, maybe you're on staff at a church, and there's a ton of things that when I started working at a church that I didn't know anything about. And when I became pastor at Westside, there was a lot that I didn't know about. And one of those things was church insurance. I'm in a board meeting, someone says, what's our insurance policy? And I'm like, I have no idea. Listen, I don't care how much you paid for your seminary education, they don't teach you about church insurance. But listen, Westside has found a great resource at First Choice Insurance through our agent, Matt Phillips. 
First Choice Insurance is locally operated. It is family owned. They have a ton of insurance policies from A to Z. They've insured everything from airplanes, zoos, like legitimately, Matt told me that they've insured a lion before. So listen, if you work at a church, if you're a pastor and you're like, seminary did not teach me about church insurance, I want you to reach out to Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance. The number is 573-686-2870. Again, that's Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance, 573-686-2870. Or you can check them out on Facebook. Again, family-owned, locally-operated, Matt Phillips, First Choice Insurance. Back to the show, guys. My curfew oftentimes was about 1130-ish, and that's when David Letterman was coming right. on. So I would come home, my dad would be in the chair reading, and I would fix a snack or whatever if I was coherent enough to just not go straight to my room, which, right. is, which is a different topic. And I would sit and watch the opening monologue, a guest, and we would watch David Letterman. Yes. And I really enjoyed David Letterman a lot and Paul and you know all of that interaction, but I just feel like... It's raunchy now. It's all of it's. Well, it I don't used know. to be witty, and it's always been politically charged. Yeah, but it made you think. Yeah. They, now they were the prophet. Yes. Yes. They were engaging and forced your like. Oh. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna challenge this a little bit. Great. Guys. Come on. So, was it that it wasn't those things before, or is it that now in this season of life you can see it for what it? is uh I, I mean i think maybe some but i'm sitting there watching it with my dad who's you know 40 or 50 years old and going and and he is seeing the prophetic nature okay. of everybody gets it like i'm here for everybody gets it but now i think they show their cards and and not everyone gets it anymore you know like especially jimmy kimmel like i feel like jimmy kimmel is such a fraud that irks me to no end no i mean he's i mean his his show from you know parents stealing the kids halloween candy i mean jimmy has changed big time he used to do the man show that was like chicks in bikinis jumping on a trampoline yep and now he's trying to be this intellectual political whatever and i'm like dude i remember you from back then a hundred percent you sold out we not believe that people can grow and change when you're doing it for the money (laughs) no yes they can on their own but not when there's a large sum of money involved in it then it's uh letterman would make people mad with the commentary and i'm not saying letterman was great because yeah. he was yeah very sexist oh for sure very like for sure mm. but see and then his hypocrisy was he never talked about his family right his marriage well because he, he was he, blowing it up every other way and, but he, yeah. and he had a son real late in life mm-hmm. and then when a guest would talk about their son and they would go how's your kid bing he would divert that yep. here's a good question um like I would say when Dave Chappelle has a monologue or says something, he is someone who's I'm going to listen to. I, I, I'm going to tune in. I am going to listen to Dave Chappelle. Is there anybody culturally who like that you would listen to or seek out? Like I would say Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, obviously, if he has a take 
on something. There's a few others, but like, is there anyone in the culture? Mm. I'm not saying that you agree and that they're right. I get it. They're the of the world and all of the Christians and Pharisees listening to me right now, all of that stuff. But is there anyone that's like on a cultural hot take? You're like, you know what? I'm, I might even YouTube. What did they say about this? Is, is, is there anyone that you follow in that sense? I don't want to say. I think you should say. I really do look to Bill O'Reilly a lot more okay. just to get his political opinion on sure. things. And not always for like good. Sure. But he's someone I'm like, I wonder what he has to say on this or on the that. The good thing about Bill is you know when he's showing his cards yeah. in the first 10 seconds. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, Bill, you're biased. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's what it is. Like, yeah. I don't always necessarily agree with him. Sure. But I do want to hear what his point is yeah. on that. How sad is it that our parents grew up like Walter Cronkite? Oh, I miss... Like, like they would tune into the evening news... To really get news, news, the truth. Yeah. Wow. And it doesn't ah. exist anymore. Does not. It, what, Rachel Maddow? No. Are you kidding me? No. Just offended seven people, but whatever. I'll, all, I'll go toe-to-toe on that, yeah. you know. But is there anybody, Haley? No. Okay. I don't like... I don't know celebrities. I don't know sure. yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I don't know... You're just out here living life. I Something like that. Right. Like, I mean... But, like, I can't – there's so many times with my anxiety that I've been advised, like, do not take on the world. Sure. If that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. And so, like, as terrible as it is, there's a lot – like, when Adam was talking about, like, you need to know your community and focus there. Like, I have been kind of unintentionally living my life that way. Sure. And so I would never look to a celebrity because I don't know their names. I, I am that person that watches a show and goes, oh, they were in that other thing. Sure, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then I, like, look it up, and that's the only reason I know their name. Love it. Like, Jennifer Lawrence didn't know her name for a while, but I was like, oh, she was in that other movie, yep. guys. That's good. And so, That's if great. Anything, I like that innocence. I like it. It's to protect myself. Bliss. I, no, I think it's no, great. But yeah. the I think problem it's great. is, is I would 100%, like, I will ask 10 people in my circle or my community. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's actually probably a lot more wise because there's times where I need to back off. Like I don't need to seek out and get all riled up. There's sometimes when like we're, you know, in the evening I've got the news on and I'm snapping out and Courtney's like, what are you doing? Like why, <laughs> why are you seeking that out? You know what I mean? So that's probably a lot more wise. I, but I have similar conversations with Rick because he gets up Turns on the local news, sure. watches it, needs to know what's going on locally. Yeah. Yeah. And then the national Unfortunately, stuff. We don't get local news. We learn more about Paducah, Kentucky oh, okay. than we do on our KFES 12. If you're listening to this, why don't you give actual news on Southeast Missouri? I don't want to know about Carbondale, Illinois. Mm. Okay. But anyway, that's where the money it is. It does make me feel like really stupid sometimes in conversations, though. <sighs> like, I literally have. You're not missing no out. idea what's going on most of the time. I also all of these shows that you've talked about, I've never seen them. Sure. I've never watched a Tonight Show unless you count Nick at Night. Yeah, like oh. I just I haven't. Did you guys ever watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Okay, so early on, <laughs> what a good show it was in business. Someone gave me advice, <clears throat> and I took it to heart. And they said, because you work with the public, because you need to be up on trends, you need to take 15 minutes yep. every day for current news and events. Yep. 
And I, yep. I do way more than that now. G. Because G. Campbell Morgan, who is the pastor of First Baptist Dallas, said every pastor should preach with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Yeah. And and that whole intersection of all of those things. And so I feel like yeah. they do that. I mean, you know, but you have to pick and choose. Like you can't because there's a crisis every week. You know what I mean? You just can't. Yeah. But like when the Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd, I mean, we're spe I mean, when the president does a photo op with a Bible, like mm. you know, and a news reporter goes, Is that your Bible? And he goes, It's a Bible. Yeah. It's a Bible. Okay. It's the you so, doing the Trump impression. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta like She knows where I'm going. <clears throat> is this where prob- you're going? Go ahead. Go where you're going. So us in the car. Yeah, that's where okay. I was going. <laughs> on the way back from Summit, I can't even. I tried to do a and I'm sorry if you listen to this. We do love you. I don't even know your name, but we love you. Did you try to do accents? Is this oh, about to be super racist? Do, no, 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 it's no, not no, racist. No, no. Okay, but okay. Yes, I was she like, did. no. The church from Washington, D.C., who raised all the funds, and the guy Chris is from. Chris Mormon. I tried so hard to do his voice. <laughs> oh, man. And John was, was like. I have the biggest man crush on oh Chris. Oh, my gosh. I mean, no. but you guys look so similar, too. Love it was Chris. hilarious. But Haley Chris. is trying to do his accent. <laughs> And me and John are yeah. dying because and it's not it's not crocodile Dundee no. Australian. I said it's like it's a mixture. It and is I'm trying, very much but so. But I also can't do any accent. Like no. I can't do a southern one. I can't do. I a would Russian. argue. I can't do any. I would argue he has like the perfect accent. Yeah. Because it's not like good day, mate. It's it is nothing like that. But when he talks, you're like. Boy, you're not from around here for sure. No, you know? but, but John Murphy from the back seat. She's like, I'm sorry, I can't do accents. <laughs> He's like, No, but and she. I he just said, Then don't, then don't, <laughs> then don't. And Wisdom like, from John like, Murphy. You can just tell it this was, story without talking so like good. him, and I'm like, But I can't because that's how I hear it in my head, and I, I need it. you to hear it how I hear it. I love it. Man. So <laughs> one of my favorite things about Summit is the last two, well, the only two years I've ever been. The only yeah, two sure. years. Yeah. And my favorite thing ever. Yep. Um, I get to road trip with people. Yes. And last year it was Millie. Yeah. And Millie became an honorary Mauser girl and it was great. Shout out to Millie. Yeah. This year I got to road trip with the Murphys. The Love Murphys. it. Oh my gosh. Man, so you're on M's. You got to find another M. I got to find another M next good. year. Millie and Murphy. That's what you're counting I like it. the M's. Yeah. Okay. I like it. The Mausers with Millie. The Mausers oh, with Murphy. Oh, yeah, see, we so did it. There you go. That's good. We love a good MMM. I yeah. would love to hear from our <laughs> listeners, like, because I'm into this stuff. If there's someone culturally that you're like, oh, you need to yeah. check this person out, like it's, you know, a blog or if it's anything like that, I think that that would be good because I'm into that stuff. I'm a nerd on that. All right. It's time for our Would You? rathers oh. okay are you oh, ready dear. for this no would you rather be hot or would you rather be cold i would rather be cold because you can get warm but I, once you're hot you can't i agree like i i will go to my grave with saying that that when you get that so hot you get sick okay that's what i was needing clarification on yeah. is it that hot that i'm gonna get sick or or it's cold, cold. I mean, you got Carhartt bibs on, and you're like, "Woo!" I'm gonna still have to go with hot because <sighs> I, wrong. No, oh. wrong. if it is, if I've got to have all the things on, my muscles lock up. And I won't I can't eat. Move. Zach I won't Ferguson eat for the rest. Medium well, wrong. Right. It's wrong. <laughs> I mean, I won't. I won't eat for that day. Maybe the next day, if I get that hot, sick. No. Oh, it man. lingers. But I can still move. And that is the thing. I can still physically move. Yeah. And I can do the cold compresses and I can do those things. 
But if I am that cold, I am like almost okay. like my body is there's atrophied. Just, we are not doing there's, anything. There's just at some point you can't do anything. Like you can't you can't take off more layers. At some point you're no. naked. You yes. can't stand in front of another fan. You're, at some point that's oh. it. Like you can always get warmer. And doctors will tell you, too, for the elderly, the heat is much more dangerous than the cold is. He just called me elderly. Sure. You guys heard no. it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. Okay, here's the next Nikki. one. <laughs> Would you rather be able to move objects with your mind, telekinesis type stuff, Ooh. or would you rather be able to read people's minds? I feel like that is so dangerous. That's a gift and a curse. I don't know if I want that level of power. That's my power. thing. It's like, I want to know because I want to know people so well. Like, I genuinely just want to know. But you. I'm talking their thoughts. I know. Nope. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but Whoa. the problem is, is like, yeah. Then the, also, some people don't have inner monologues and I'm still like bothered by that. Hmm. But I'm like, John will ask me what's on my mind, and I'm like, hey, it's too much to tell you because yeah, my mind I, is also like, I don't have that racing. Like, yeah. I just need to go all the way. And so, if somebody could listen to my mind, it's just a never ending, like, Thoreau style. Sure. It's just going. Yeah. And you need to know that that's not edited. Yeah. So, it would right. come with some self awareness sure. of having the gift. Sure. Like, would that not, like, if someone, and I think of it from, like, you think someone's your friend and you like them and you're like, hey, we're cool. And then you hear them say or think something. Oh, that would crush okay, me. So I'm going to go like, with move objects because I don't want to open that up. That would, that's I, me. I don't want to open like, it up. I, I feel like I can read people pretty well. And I like, mm, they don't like me right now. Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I, that'll eat me up. Right. So if I had I'd, confirmation, oh, I couldn't oh, handle it. But think oh. of how much chiseling and how much bull crap that would just eliminate. Like, Or it would hmm. cause... I don't think it would eliminate hardly any. I think it would cause way more than it eliminates. I don't know. I feel like because are you going to confront them on it? Or are you just going to possess this deep, dark knowledge that you know when you interact with this person, they're one way, and in their mind, it is completely. Are you going to harbor that? Would make me physically ill. Yep. Okay, but aren't we all I, like that a little bit? You're I, no, a no, no. Yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I know, and that's why I'm ill. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm saying I know that, but I'm saying you have a superpower. This is unstoppable, like, mm -mm. information. I'm moving objects, guys. But how lazy would we be? So lazy. Like, that's my other thought <laughs> We would that. be like aliens. We would have big heads, little bodies. Yeah, we See, would. I think so it would lazy. be like when I got the heat on my car. You know what I mean? Nope. And, okay. Nope. I'm going to need you to elaborate. flesh this out. I got it. Thought it was going to be the biggest game changer. You mean auto start? Or, yeah, just like you oh, can... Oh, yeah, that's not heat. That's like start your car from your remote. Yeah, but the only reason you use that is so you can sure. have heat. Or cool in the summer. Yeah, but... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. She's never done auto that before. Auto start. It's yeah. auto... I just blew your mind, but auto start. All okay. The, you will understand as soon as I finish this thought of okay. how it didn't work for me. Because I then was like, this is going to be a game changer, but I didn't utilize it. Sure. I feel like that... 
would 100% be me with moving objects. No way. I would forget that I have that power and I'd still just be like picking up stuff. No way. Girl, I would be visualizing my laundry sitting here. Oh my gosh. Out of the washer, into the dryer. Oop, let's building, fold it and hang it up. See, I'm building, I didn't oh, even yeah. go that way. I'm with building it. buildings. Yeah. I was just like, well, then I won't touch people. Yeah. And no, I want to touch no. people. Like that time that that you said, would you rather have your arms permanently right. out? Or, and I was like, well, how would you hug people? Like, I didn't even go so to the funny. laundry. See, like, I won't so utilize funny. it properly. Yeah. I okay. won't use remote control start here's, properly. <laughs> here's the biggest one by far. Would you rather have Beyonce's talent or Jay-Z's business acumen? I have so many. <laughs> I'm it could be debated. Yeah, it could be debated. <laughs> like, does Beyonce have talent? That's not where I was going with that one. But like, but yeah, I mean, like, what part of Jay Z's business are we going? Yeah, well, business well, business started Rocky. Well, I'm literally Rocky. Uh-huh. But the reason why he did heal. sell illegal substances is because he was a businessman. And so there's some hustle to it. As, I get it. As he said, the corner boys now have the corner office. Yeah. Yo. And sometimes you play it both. Right? right. I'm going business acumen all day long because you can have the talent and end up like Elvis. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. well, so sad. Doesn't do anything. If By you the don't way, have drive. I heard the new Elvis movie is trash i've heard mixed reviews it depends on who you are and i think your age is really that's been a defining line here's my beef with the salon people here's my beef with (laughs) all of these movies walk the line Mm -hmm. ray johnny cash sold more gospel albums than he did country albums this little snippet of the drug addict out of control rock star Mm -hmm. was the smallest portion of their careers like it was not the big portion of it. And it's frustrating yeah. because Ray Charles did so much, mm-hmm. got clean and all of that stuff. And but I that just doesn't sell. Yeah, I that know, doesn't sell. And I that know. doesn't hit the love story aspects. One and... of my favorite covers ever is when Johnny Cash did Hurt. Mm, oh. The Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Hey, Nikki, why? Um, oh, no, it wasn't you. It was somebody else who told me this. Do you guys know why Elton John got sober? No. So Elton John was going down like he was going to crash and burn. He was going to die. He saw Elvis live in Vegas. Mm. Elvis is on stage and he is so high that people are taking things off of him. His scarf, his jewelry, and he didn't move. He was so Mm. baked out of his mind that Elton John felt like that was a picture of like he's so high all the time that his businessman and his manager mm. and people are taking, taking things from him, from yeah. him. like not his physical correct yeah, like yeah. symbolism for his life and from yeah. that moment forward he got sober and said that such a great talent one of the greatest of all time yeah. he would never end up that way and that's pretty sobering yeah. man to literally to to see that so that's pretty awesome. It is. It's incredible. But guys, we're excited to talk to you today because we are coming off of an incredible weekend that we got to have. So if Westside is your home church, you know that we had an online service Sunday. Yeah. And that service was a special service because we got to stream one of the main sessions from Summit. So a little bit of backstory. Westside has been on a journey of finding a covering and a relationship of like-minded churches. 
And um, last year, we're coming up over a year, we have joined the Grace family of churches based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And so um, if you want more information on that, you can go to gfc.tv. Um, there's a documentary about how did this start. You can learn all about Buddy, um, the guy that started the first Grace Church, all of this stuff. And each uh, year, the Grace Churches, there are 10 of them, and they're from Washington, D.C. to Nashville, the Atlanta area, and now all the way in Popper Bluff, which is wild to think about, like all these metropolitan or metropolis cities and then... <laughs> Bopper Bluff. Like, oh, yeah. even when you opened up the booklet to Summit, it showed the map. It did. And it was like, Washington, Nashville. There's even like a Texas one? Mm-hmm. The Middle East, Texas. Popper Bluff. Popper Bluff? <laughs> like, it was we are the like, only reason they needed to show the middle of the map. Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I got tickled. We were in the restroom, and I was coming out, and a mother was talking to a girl. And the girl was like, oh, I don't want to have to drive an hour and a half home. Right. And the mom said, there are people here from Missouri. Yes. <laughs> and I died. Yes. Whenever we did the axe throwing, everybody was like, is this normal for y'all? Are yes, y'all that's yes. why we're so yes. good at it. Yes, it is. <laughs> so the Grace Churches come together all across the United States twice a year. One is for Summit, which is all the churches come together. We get lead, uh, leadership training, like all the kids, uh, you know, uh, yeah. directors from all the churches, all the board members, you know, they do breakout sessions. It's incredible. It's Summit. That's always in January. And then Pentecost. Pentecost is a big deal. We take up a big offering for missions at Pentecost. And we have just found our home. Like, I mean, we have found relationships, like-minded churches, um, I'm a part of a group of pastors that that I have longed for like a brotherhood. Yeah. And it is genuinely there. It is, it's so much fun. You can actually on this podcast scroll way back. And I interview Ben Hardman, Matt Reynolds, who was the director at the time of the Grace Churches, um, Ben Hardman, who's a local uh, uh at Marietta, Georgia. He's a grace pastor. So we're coming off of all of that this weekend. It was a ton of fun, and we wanted to fill you guys in on the trip yeah. and and how it was. And so we went to Monroe this time, which we'll get into the the, the city of Monroe, which was really, really cool. Super but but Nikki, you're, you're so right. Like people who were in Marietta or downtown Atlanta were like, Ugh, summits in Monroe, which is about a 45-minute yeah. drive from downtown Atlanta. <laughs> and we are eight and a half hours on this haul. It's always tough driving to Atlanta because when you get to Nashville, you feel like it, it should be done. Which is what we did. Yeah, that's what which, we did. Which is what you guys did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for us, like, like I think drive, I think a weekend getaway in Nashville is pretty common around here. Oh yeah, you people know, yeah, do that a lot for sure. So when you get to Nashville, you're like, we should be there halfway. Yeah, um, halfway. Keep going. Yep, keep going. So like, I just wanted to fill everybody in on um, Summit, all of that good stuff, and I wanted to start really with this. What was the highlight for you for Summit this year, um, Nikki? This was your. It was every. Did you guys go last year? No, this we your, stayed wow. here and we ran the church. Yeah, the yeah you that's right. <laughs> I love it. So, Nikki, this is our second time. Yep. Haley, this was your first time. Yep. What was the highlight of Summit for you? And and listen, it doesn't have to be a Jesus-y answer because community is a big aspect of Summit. Oh, you get yeah. to hang out, spend time together, play cards, do stuff like that. So to fill, <laughs> to fill everybody in, 
the board went, the staff went, and um, area ministry leaders um, are invited to that. And so what was the highlight for you guys? I think for me, I mean, if especially if you're not giving just the straight up Jesus-y answer, because I had like a whole change your life moment. You know what I mean? A moment. Like, I mean, like a whole... Come to Jesus. It wasn't even a moment. It was like God wooing me the entire time. And like, then there was a a moment of like, and now you repent and now you act. I love it. And so, but take that away. I am such a people person and I got to be like on a road trip. I keep forgetting, like it wasn't a girl's trip. John was there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like Bucky's is involved, everything. It was that. We and included then John in our girls it. thing. Yeah. yeah. And he loves Ariana Grande, so it was fine. Great. And all of She doesn't sing flat? Well, well, we dude, won't I even got, go Dude, there. I got a whole new side of John Murphy. When <laughs> Alicia Keys was playing in the background, and I said, man, I'm sure you know this, John, but Alicia Keys is Juilliard trained. Like, she is a master pianist. And John Murphy... Straight face. That's the best part about Did John not Murphy. Miss a beat, and he went, "Yeah, she's good when she doesn't sing flat all the time." And I was like, "You're a music major." I mean, <laughs> yeah. this dude knows his stuff. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yep. It just also like sometimes you're just enjoying the flat singer, and <laughs> then you're like. Maybe I'm not supposed to. Right, I don't know. Yeah. But so, so road trip, people, people, all that stuff. We got to throw axes yeah. with our team. We got to play cards with our team. We yeah. got to go to dinners with our team. We went to a taco place and got to listen to live oh, music so with just Nikki, Mariah, and I. And just like, don't get me wrong. Like there are profound moments 100%. Yes, that you go in into worship. But then it's no different than what we ask people to do on Sunday. Yep. Like, hey, here's Linger. the information. Linger. And then go be in community with your people. Yeah. And how are you going to do that with your life? And like, we're just sitting in the hotel room and we're like talking. Yeah. It's like camp. <laughs> and, and, and I feel like I need to fill people in on axe throwing because we've mentioned it. Yeah. One of the things that the leadership does at Summit, which is incredibly intentional is just what you said super intense sessions yeah super intense training but then we are the grace family we are a family so there's always team building exercises fun mingling and one of those things was like an axe throwing place which was a ton of fun where and by the way we had the best waitress at that place. Coach. But coach. Yes, yeah. yeah. Is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, coaches? Yeah, they're coaches? The only reason Great. I know that I Great. looked it up. Yep. They're I called mean, coaches. Hostess, I, I mean, at one point yeah. she had a clipboard, was keeping score for us. And mm-hmm. then she was like, oh yeah, I think we have ninja stars. Yeah. Let's um, go get the knives fu- out. Funny story. So we, we had to park the van somewhere. Um, myself, Matt Blackburn and Matt Foster, we're like, we're going to go get the van to get everybody. We pull up to the place and Matt Foster's like, I'll go in and corral everybody and get them. And it's like seven minutes. We're like, where is Matt Foster? Matt Blackburn's phone rings. And all I hear is bro. They found ninja stars. <laughs> yeah. So we stayed another 30 minutes and threw ninja you stars. You could tell, like, we weren't necessarily the cityest of city people no. because everybody else is like, yeah, we go axe throwing. Yep. This is whatever. The place is cleared out and yep. the We're PB crew is still there living still their there. best life. Yes. But my favorite part of axe throwing 
And there was some great parts. Yeah, there's a really great part for me. But watching Belinda and Roy interact, because Belinda wasn't even going to sign the waiver. She was not going to do it. Yeah. Then she did it, and she left, and she was like, I'm not leaving until I get on the board. (laughs) Yes. And Roy was looking for her and was like, where's Belinda? And I said, she's not leaving until she gets on the board. And the support and love let's, from Roy. Let's go, was Belinda. Like, That's my girl. <laughs> yes. We are gonna do this. And he's just like, go, yes. Belinda, go. And Roy Belinda's is one like, of the ah! most Roy is one of the most driven people that I know. And so the fact that Belinda was like, I have a mission, mm-hmm. Roy was like, We have a mission, people. <laughs> That's all. I know, I would agree. I mean, I think that is a covering over summit that when you say what's the highlight. You you nailed it perfectly. Just I mean, being with people, yeah, yeah, getting to hang out. What about you, Nikki? It's time to give another shout out to another sponsor of the rest of the sermon podcast. This shout out goes to our great friends over at Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, Missouri. Smart Marketing is a fantastic media company, and when I say media, I mean websites, graphic design, videography. Anything that you need, Smart Marketing can do it. You need to head on over to Facebook, just type in Smart Marketing, and you'll see their cool light bulb logo pop up, and you can get a ton of information there. Or you can just give them a call, Smart Marketing at 573-840-0334. Again, that's Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, 573 840 Zero three, three four. Back to the show. Um, John on the way home when John said, "I said I had a great w- weekend with people," and John said, "I like our people more." Wow. And I'm like, yeah. oh, John yep. Murphy. And I wish if you know John Murphy, he does not. <laughs> he's like Courtney. If he says it, he means he it. He means and it. He's not gonna fluff it up. That's he's right. just like, I left liking our people more, and I, I was love like, that's it. huge. Wow. I got to see a side of John Murphy that I'm like so here for i, love, I it. love it so much i had a moment where i could have really got in my feels and just bawled like a baby yeah um during the like just an awareness we are standing there in summit and the way we all want to sit in the back because nope. that's who we are and then we have jason nope. who's like front row center that's we right. got we got him talked into what row did you sit in second or third he's like the third okay. i wasn't happy he wasn't happy you were yeah. second row there's only one lady okay in front all right there you okay, go second so row jason was second row and courtney and matt and amy were there and then the next row behind him was the board that had went yeah and then the row behind the board was the staff that had went and the leader yeah. from the ministries and i'm and like then there was nikki Yes. No, I, I sat with my people. Yes. I stood, but I was between Adam and Alex, which as the shortest member of right. our staff, yeah. I was like dwarfed. I love it. But just the visual of seeing the chairman of our board and our church's lead pastor, then the entire board, then the entire staff. Yeah. And that we had nothing to do with this. Mm, that's good. I'm like, yeah. This is so cool. And so I could have like bawled. And yeah. Very was, rarely do we get to be the congregation. We don't. Right. And I love that we don't. Yeah. But at the same time, us having that moment together. And then, you know, I have a lot of bosses here at Westside, whether it be the board or my lead pastor. <laughs> um, and then we played some axe throwing games. It's okay. Tell it, Nikki. And, Tell um, it like it is. 
I beat Jason. She did. <laughs> and they took pictures. Nikki stuck that axe in bullseye, I man. Did. I did. I mean, Jason. it was incredible. I it'll, was super impressed. It'll never happen again. There is photo proof. 100%. There is. I don't have it, though. Yeah. We might need to post it on the on the show notes or in the link on go. Facebook on it this. It was a fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that'd it really, be fun. Honestly, you and Adam, when they make jokes about, like, you guys do this at home, were the only two that I thought, they might. Um, <laughs> I, I love might. it. They might. I don't know. Yeah. They might. You know, I don't know. I think Matt Phillips. Like, oh, my goodness. When people thought he tripped when he hit Roy's board. <laughs> yeah. And then he, I'm he like, no, he totally did that on purpose. Artists. The amount of times I told Matt, bro, you don't have to throw the axe that hard. But he does. But he was here for it. 100%. I mean, and that having a moment where fun yeah it was Straight just up fun. so yeah. like good pure fun yeah. too. right and and the pizza and, place and also i mean like you got an incredible training for kids leaders oh. for trauma impacted kids like Ooh. i mean when i say guys that these sessions are tailor-made and quality it is a room full of leaders teaching leaders about what we are giving our life to and and grace one of the qualities that grace has is is there is a high bar of excellency uh, yeah. yeah everywhere I kind of felt like the fraud in the room i mean if i'm honest i mean let let's be honest chick-fil-a chick-fil-a is getting delivered oh like, i mean, that was just there. a casual snack right that right. wasn't even like the it was just like and yeah. also chick-fil-a but it's the same effort in the fun and that's exactly i think yeah. we come out of such purpose-filled intense sessions yeah. to such okay we know we heavy hearted you guys sure. we know we have over the phrase was used multiple times not drinking from a fire hose sure. but drinking from a fire hydrant yeah. 100% is how it is and that I difference my face yeah. being blown exactly. off with pressure of water yeah so i want to like so the theme this year, the LPs, I'm a part of a monthly call where we have a check-in. We do emotional health stuff. And all, I mean, it is a brotherhood. It is incredible. We pray for each other's churches. We celebrate each other's victories. It's, I mean, it's incredible. And so leading up to Summit, the the when I say the church, I mean like worldwide, mm-hmm. doesn't have the best look right now. There, yeah. There's a lot of controversies. There's a lot of things going on. And us as lead pastors are constantly wrestling with ambition, like goals and effort and ambition, but also like healthy relationships, emotional health, and not being so ambitious that you're running a Fortune 500 company and you're bulldozing everyone in your path. But how can you be a humble leader who has ambition? Mm -hmm. And so it kind of birthed the theme of healthy leaders, healthy churches. And this year, Summit was hosted in Monroe. And I really encourage you to go watch the service that was live streamed on Sunday because it gives a whole backstory on it. But Monroe was planted about 10 years ago in the Grace family. Um, Snellville is where it all started. There was a congregant that lived out in Monroe, moved out there, business acumen, um, really large production and construction going on in Monroe. And he said to Buddy, the founding pastor, man, I just wish there was a Grace Church in Monroe. Well, that's music to Buddy's ears. Yeah, and he goes, let's well, go. let's make it happen. So they sent out the best of the best, Brian Krosick and his wife. Monroe 
has a context that is very similar to Popper Bluff. Um, it's very similar sort of small town vibes, but also small town pride, but mm-hmm. also let's get industry in here. We love our town. Let's let's do this. I The highlight of Summit for me was the city of Monroe. And, and here's what I mean by this. The church was an old abandoned school property that had been revamped and remodeled. They built intentional spaces of saying, man, we don't want to just build this church that since that sits empty throughout the week. Can't we provide spaces for local businesses? Yeah. A coffee shop that runs seven days a week is there in the church. Brian's wife sits on the city council board and every restaurant that we ate at, Mm -hmm. every building that we were a part of was a congregant or church member through Grace Monroe that had a dream and a vision to start a business, but a business that was kingdom minded. Yeah. And the revitalization of that town I was in awe of. And it really made me like, there's a reason why we do Easter at the Rogers yeah. and we raise money for it because we believe that our church should affect the community that we're in. I'll never forget hearing Francis Chan say, if your church closed its doors, would the town or city that that it's a part of even notice? Right. Because you're making an impact. And I saw not a vision just for a church. I saw a citywide vision. Yeah. And that was such a big impact for me. Okay, so I'm going to be very transparent. When Brian was like, oh, hey, this was one of our people who did this. And I thought, okay, he's boasting his buddy's business. Sure. I did not know all of the backstory of yeah. how this town was dying. Oh. It was not doing well. And that these people in the church, like if Haley and John wanted to open a coffee shop, cool, I am here for it. Yep. But that is another way for them to go out into the mission field. Yes. And when he was explaining all of that, because we believe, you know, gospel community mission. Yes. And when a lot of times as Christians, when we think mission, we think we've got to leave and go to a foreign country or go to sure. somewhere that's been rocked really hard with oh. some tragedy. And I'm going, no, it can be across town doing things. So it really was beautiful to see the impact it was. that Grace it was Monroe incredible. has put into their community. Yeah. And then I think we could talk about this. Um, Dr. Chip Dodd, PhD, was the um, keynote speaker. And so Friday, the lead pastor starting at 9 a.m., we had three hours with Chip Dodd. That had to be intense. I knew of Chip, <laughs> I knew of Chip just because of some of his books and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was excited, but everyone kind of was like, who's this? What's this gonna be? And and granted, remember, the theme was healthy leaders, healthy churches. So it's emotional health, spiritual health, those two things are intertwined. And we had three hours with him right before the first main session on Friday. And I came out of that meeting and told all you guys, buckle up. Yeah. Because here we go. No, he didn't tell everybody. He said, Haley and Nikki, I hope you wore waterproof <laughs> mascara. Because Chip Dodd, <laughs> if if I was to describe Chip Dodd, in the scriptures, there's a list of spiritual gifts that God gives to a local church. Prophecy encouragement. Then there's this phrase called healing. And I think a lot of us think of, 
oh, healing. Like they have the supernatural spiritual gift of healing people. And yes and amen. Yeah. I, I think that's a part of the spiritual gift. It's even in the Greek word. But what I really think what Paul is talking about is when Jesus uses the term like salvation in the Gospels, it's sozo. And, and sozo is literally means healing. And I think it means spiritual and emotional healing. And that is the gift that Chip Dodd possesses. He takes the scriptures and he goes, I know you've been familiar with this, and there's been a lie that's crept into the church. And the lie is you can be spiritually mature, get a lot of things done for God, serve and have Bible knowledge, and be emotionally unhealthy at the same time. Yeah. And he's going, nope. God wants to do something in you long before he wants to do something through you. And it was so impactful. And so he's teaching us all of these sessions. What was one thing through kind of, and I know this is like, one thing. yeah, how can I answer this? But like he threw up <clears throat> the, the eight primary emotions mm -hmm. and, and even, and, and what I loved is he was unapologetic in, in talking about how controversial what he's teaching is. Or just anything. Anything, you know. Yeah, he but, was so confident. That he was yes. the most yeah. joyfully confident. Yeah. Self, I mean, not self-affirmed, but like. Self-aware. Knew, yes. knew his place yes. and didn't say like, I'm sorry, wasn't. Yes, because he had a foot in both worlds. Yeah. He has a PhD. He's a clinical practicing physician. And so he's going, I've read all the books, I've done all the stuff. And guys, at the end of the day, there's eight primary emotions. And I'll never forget when he was like, don't ever say anxiety is an emotion. And we were like, skirt, what? And he was <laughs> yeah. like, anxiety is not an emotion. Anxiety is a symptom of an yeah, emotion. Like a byproduct. Frustration, of not an emotion. Frustration is a byproduct of an emotion. So he threw up those eight Love, you know, and I think we've got, I've got them. them. You've got them. Say, I've got yeah, them. read them right so the now. Eight emotions: hurt, lonely, sad, anger, fear, shame, guilt, and glad. And it was so great because he was like, "Listen, you can argue with me about this. That's fine. Um, does anybody want to argue about the primary colors?" Right. He's like, "It really does." And his whole thing was, "We are not just spiritual beings. We are spiritual." and emotional beings. We're yeah. created in the image and likeness of God. God has emotions. He's given us these emotions. And here's the kicker. What sin has done is not just distort and destroy our relationship with God. Sin has distorted our relationship with ourselves. Like it is, it's changed how we interact with these emotions. And mm -hmm. so what he would show is anger. The, the fleshly side of anger is rage, right? But then he would show the healthy side of anger is passion. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, um, anxiety anxi or fear. Fear is what leads to anxiety. Um, the, un, uh, the unhealthy aspect of fear is like paralysis. It's anxiety, all of those things. But the healthy side of fear is discernment, yeah. wisdom. 
And so it was mind blowing. You can Google Chip Dodd. You can go to his he website. Yeah. Free resources. You can see this chart. But out of all of the main sessions with Chip, um, what what stuck out to you guys? What was the golden nugget for you that you were like, man, this has opened me up in a whole new path in a relationship with Jesus? I had a few. Um, recognizing what emotion I tend to work out of the most mm. um, and then what the negative impact of that is versus what the healthy side of that is. Yep. Like that whole connect the dots yep. for me. Because oftentimes we think they're bad. It made sense. Yes. It, it really made a lot of sense to me. And I'm like, whoa. But when he was speaking, and if you've watched the live stream, he talks in a in a session about it, about addiction. Yes. And he made the comment that people pleasing is an addiction. Yep. And I have never felt more called out. In my I mean, life. he was like, no. And he, by the way, this is a man who worked as a practicing physician in a rehab for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't care if it's Oxycontin, if it's meth, if it's alcohol if it's cocaine or if it's people pleasing and or I working thought, at your job. When he said people pleasing, I went from sitting yep. up taking notes to I sat back and thought, well, that nope. was just plum rude. Right. I did not I mean, need that. And and what he's saying is the heart manifests itself mm -hmm. if it so the big takeaway for me was you have to feel them. Yeah. You have to feel your feelings. You don't have a choice. If you try to mask them with everything that he talked about then it's going to blow up and you're going to feel them in an unhealthy way. Yeah. You don't have a choice. You can either try to mask them and it's going to leave devastation everywhere. And you can try to lie to yourself and say, you don't feel these things or you can dive into them yeah. and, and meaning not the self-loathing victim. And he talked right. a lot about oh, being, he a did. Uh, being a victim. That's My what I had to apologize for. goodness gracious. How being a victim is control, manipulation, all of that type of stuff. Like, man. And so for me, it was just feeling the feels. Yeah. But I would be right there with you about the positive and negative of the emotions. Well, it it was so clear. And then when he, you know, going through that and like processing it, and then you're a people, you're addicted to people pleasing and yep. how that's negative. And when he talked about you have got to take care of yourself <sighs> first. Yes. It and, and it's felt not selfish. So wrong. Yes. But it's wrong. not being selfish. Yep. And I'm like, I wanted to argue with him. And yep. I felt so physically yucky I know. in that. And he kept backing it. And I'm so, going, okay. I mean, the amount of times I've said death to self, I've got to die. And, I've got to. Yes. Yeah. And okay. then he was like, so you're making Christianity Buddhism. And I yes. was like, I mean, I had a moment of yep. like, I'm not okay with you saying that. Yep. Right. Even the crux sentence, which for me, like I had to find it here, but human beings need to belong and matter, seek safety and care and desire life to the full. Yep. And that's like God's design. That's okay to say that. Yep. It felt so yeah. wrong. Yeah. And then I was like, how wrong have I been yes. living? So, mm -hmm. so the big thing for me is when he talked about in the lead pastor session, Jeremiah 17, 9, and he's like, I know you guys are going to argue with me, and I hope you do, because that means you're a good pastor. You're right. trying to check this out, and you're going, Chip, you're telling us to dive into our heart, but Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is desperately wicked, and who can understand mm -hmm. it? And he said, you know what? 
Let's just spend a little time there. And he opened up that passage. Guys, I have used that and I have read that a thousand times. Yeah. God doesn't say that. That was like a... Jeremiah says that. And Jeremiah says that in response to God saying twice the word heart in the passage, saying, I've created you to live this full life, and you want the gifts and not the giver, and I have all of these good things. And that statement is Jeremiah saying, oh my goodness, we are so broken. That's not don't trust, don't examine, don't any of that. Then he said this. He said, imagine the relationship with a child, with your child. You as the parent, your child doesn't have control over their emotions. That's why you're the parent. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to teach them that. And I was like, well, that's super convicting. Then he said this, (laughs) never, and parents, please listen to this, never ask your child, why did you do that? And I was like, uh, where are you going with this? Because, right. because he said, you're asking a question they ain't got an answer to. Mm-hmm. They don't know why they did it. They're the kid. You're the parent. They have all these emotions. They don't know why they're throwing a fit. That's why they need you. And so I raised my hand and I was like, then what are we supposed to say? (laughs) Like, I'm not going to, Roman just kicks Andy in the face and I go, how are your emotions? Like what, like he goes, oh, that's a great question. He goes, you don't ask, why did you do that? You ask, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And my mind exploded all over the wall. I was like, of course That question makes perfect sense. If Piper Graham is whiny and she's crying and she's angry and I say, baby girl, where's this coming from? She can probably go, I I just feel hungry. Yeah. And she's hangry. Mm -hmm. Or I just want to chill out, which means she's tired. Like giving handles to those things was an absolute game changer for me, for sure. What about you, Haley? There was just so much, like for me, I think like reworking some foundations that I had built up Mm. that were wrong yeah, and not like biblically built up, but just either I've heard somebody in the Christian culture say that and have adopted it without doing the work. Yep. You know what I mean? And like, that is just one of them of Mm -hmm. like die to self. Yep. And I remember like telling John, like, no, we are terrible people and we just have to like die 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 yep. die 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 and become a vessel Suffer that got every like, day yes like yeah. everything about you is bad yes and like how much of that i carry with me in a like negative way which is why i struggle so hard when the bible says something good about us like mm. even today yeah. i was like so when do we become righteous because we're just sinners right okay I mean, like, it is still something it's like, no, you are nothing until you've emptied yourself and God has filled you. And like, part of that is right, but it's how you carry it. Like, there is Mm -hmm. a whole different dynamic of like, you don't 
die because you are so unworthy. You die because Bad. God is yeah, yeah, like right. God is so holy. Yeah. You right. know, and just like I don't know, the there manipulation was, I, of everything. I, I think it made sense when he said our response to God's goodness and the goodness that he's placed in us is repentance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said, I know that's a dirty word, but what if repentance is simply turning home? Yeah. Like returning home. home. Like my child, why? Like I know that you've squandered it. I know that you've done that. My love for you has, like I experienced that one time and I made a Facebook post about it. When I was getting pizza one night, if you know anything about my family, that's about every other night, every two <laughs> nights, pizza and popcorn's a big deal. I pulled up to Pizza Hut and my car, my old car was there. And it was the car that God saved me in. Mm. And I had sold it to the mechanic because the timing belt broke and the car brand new was worth a thousand dollars. And so and I saw it and I got so emotional. And I felt God speak into my life, Jason, I I don't love you any different now you're a pastor. Right. I loved you. I love you now just as much as when I found you in that car. Yep. And you had drugs in that car and you had everything. The only thing that's changed is the revelation of your awareness of that. And, and if people would understand, that's what salvation is. Yeah. Yeah. Salvation is coming to the understanding that God has never changed. We, that's why I'm very aggressive of a, like, of a frame of, or a theology that starts with the sinfulness of man, right? So there's all kinds of, like Calvinism has tulip, T-U-L-I-P. Tulip, the T starts with total depravity. Well, that's wrong. Yeah, the Bible doesn't start with man's total with depravity. Good and perfect and holy. Yeah, it starts with God's original blessing. Yeah. yeah, not original sin. And we've got to get back to that. Now we call sin sin. Absolutely. And 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 the idols that we've created, we've got to name those. But we name them to return home. When he said, and I've heard it a million times before. Repentance is not something bad. It's an invitation. Oh. And when he said that, and in the framework of everything else, Follow he me. was saying, I'm over here going, if I was invited to a party with my friends that I've not spoke to in a while, I would come back. Oh. You know? And that yes. was that was the analogy that played out in my brain. And now ratchet it up even more. Yeah. If I had left my father. Yeah. And my dad invites me back You're to gonna a party. You're going to go home. <sighs> yeah. And it was you all know? those, like, you would respond to that. You want to go back to that party and for some reason in my mind it was like party in a good and i'm like because everything from god being so good yes we want to be like repentance you've gotta you've gotta you've gotta you've gotta and i'm like it's an invitation i just feel like to experience chip dodd was interesting especially coming off of jason's preaching jason like Pretty he, linear. Yeah, pretty yeah, linear. Yeah. yeah. Intentionally linear. Sure. So that you understand. Yeah. Chip Dodd was like, I'm gonna tell you everything and circle. I hope you figure yep. it out. He said, <laughs> he even said, like, guys, I'm cyclical. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna go around and around and around and around. And you honestly, know? hearing him like three separate times was super helpful because yes. like 
you didn't understand it the first time. And then the second time he like elaborated a little more, said it differently. And yep. it was like, okay, yep. but he like placed these little nuggets mm-hmm. and yeah. then like built it. And I, I mean, I'm sure it was intentional, but at the time I was like, this is the most, yep. I don't know. One of but the- I leaned over to hate or leaned over Alex and said, tell Haley chip has ADHD too. <laughs> but yes. Yes. He said on your worst day, you don't really want to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. You want to be you, but you want like basically wholeness, the situation to be different. Like you don't want your parents to be different parents. You wanted them to be the best parents, the best parents. Yeah. Yes. And that part, I was just like, you don't want new parents. You don't yeah. want a new spouse. You want the we best are version of them. Constantly seeking to go back to the garden and it mm-hmm. be the way it was. Yeah. Like it just like, we want that. And we keep expecting it to come from earthly things oh. and not from a turning from it to yeah. go back, yeah. to go back yeah. to, you know what I mean? One of those nuggets when he said, there is no such thing as the fear of the unknown. Right. He said, there is only the fear of reoccurrence. And he said, you're going to have to think about that one for a second. He said, so there's a new job or a decision. You don't fear what you don't know about the new job. You fear what could happen at this new job that you've experienced in the the past. Think about relationships, guys. You get into dating or marriage, and there's some of us who can't stand to have someone get close because we're going to get hurt again. 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 Hurt again. Again. And so we push that. So it's not the fear of the unknown. Um, One of the nuggets, and I think this is good for marriage advice, is he said, if you're fighting and arguing, there's a way, there's three phrases that you need. And this, like when he said that, I was like, bing, I'm here for all three points. Yeah. He said, there are three phrases that, that, that you need to say because you're both coming from different perspectives. The first one is this, I, I, mm-hmm. not you, I think, okay? Okay. I think, Courtney, you put the trash there because you were mad at me. Okay, I think. I think. The, the next one is this. I think, and then I feel. Mm-hmm. So I think you put that there because I feel you've been mad at me and you haven't communicated that, and so you did that. The, the third one is gold. I think, I feel, I need. Mm-hmm. Because that's the solution. That's the solution, yeah, every time. So whatever marital fight, whatever relationship is going on, from my now again, the key is self-awareness. You can't keep talking for the other person. Right. You can't say, well, you did this because, but I think, I feel this way, and now I just need reassurance, or I need clarity, yeah. or I need this. And I... It, I mean, can it really be that simple? I think it can. It. I had this conversation with my dad the other day. It's that simple in the idea, right? Mm-hmm. It's the application of it that's hard. Oof. Because even then, I was just arguing, well, the part of that that I have an issue with that I'm like, is I've asked for my needs before, and yeah. then they weren't met. That's good. You know what I mean? That's and so really that's good. the That's the trust issue. Is it that simple for... 
if we did that and we responded that way, like, of course. Yeah. So you have to like, that's not the fear of the unknown. That's the fear of I'm going to ask for my needs again. And this person is not going to value them. Yeah. Okay. This cool thing happened and I'm hearing it. So Chip Dodd was there and he was doing all of this emotional health so we could become self-aware as leadership. Yep. And we've got all these things to work through. And these are tools for us as leaders to take back to our churches. So then we go into breakout sessions. And they had them broken down to children, to youth, to adult, board, kingdom. I'm sure there's a couple things I'm missing. I go into the kid-based one, me and Foster, and it is TBR, which is Trust-Based Relational Intervention. And it is how trauma and children... And all of like, because there is such a rise in foster care and adoption, not just there. And trauma in general. Trauma in general when it comes to children. There were so many moments that I was hearing a ridiculous amount of information that I'm thinking, as much as this applies to kids, this applies to adults. And one of those things was the framework of question of, is this willful or is this survival? And mm. I think sometimes even in Golly. our marriages, right? Even in our marriages, are they willfully fighting with me over, like they're clinging, like Rick and I, if we're bickering about yeah. something. Or is this something survival. that has been learned this is all so I know. far? This is all I know and it's survival. Yeah. And I'm like... In a classroom when you see the kid popping off and shooting rubber bands and... That's how he's learned to get attention. But then how does that, as that child grows? Yes. As that child grows. Because let's how be honest. How manifest? How else does that Did your out? parents go through any kind of emotional training? Mine didn't. Right. I mean, I, have, I haven't until recently that these things are coming. So I'm thinking how, <laughs> right? Yeah. I came home and I told Christy, I said, yo, they said at this conference the thing that you're never supposed to tell your child is I'm disappointed in you. And she's like, well, we screwed you up then. Don't know what to say. And I'm like, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. But like, and that was, my parents didn't even ever touch me. They didn't have to spank me. It was just like, hey, I'm disappointed in you. Right. And it wasn't that they were trying to be malicious. You know what I mean? Did he give the definition of disappointed in that session? No, I with, didn't go to that session. This is secondhand yeah. with life-changing information. With <laughs> us, he said, never tell your child you're disappointed because the word literally means dis, a prefix, appointment. It literally means because of what you've done, you don't have an appointment with me in the future. Canceled. <sighs> but you it's know? like... Okay, I'm thankful I'm learning this when Maeve is 17 no. months Amen. old. And I'm like, Amen. hopefully That's I haven't what she's screwed saying. her yeah. up yeah. too much. But it's like, yeah. And yeah. it's like, of course your parents didn't have emotional training. I even feel weird sometimes going, like, we don't need that. You right. know, like, our parents didn't do that. And I'm not trying to be super hippie. We're already the hippie church, right? <laughs> but it's like... No, like this is stuff that breaks generational curses. Amen. Come on. Like you've that's it. gotta you've gotta make this stuff important. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And so then Dave Rhodes kind of closed us out and brought it all together. Dave Rhodes Oof. is just Yoda when it comes to speaking. <laughs> okay. And clarify Dave Rhodes's 
job with the Grace family of churches for those that don't yeah, know. Sure. Like we've experienced Dave multiple times. Sure. And, and by we, she means her. I've experienced him twice, and I'm just like, who is this man? Yeah. So so <laughs> Dave Rhodes um, serves and works at the pleasure of the lead pastors and the Grace Executive Board, meaning consulting, teaching, training, any of those things. Um He's so like, he's not Grace? Oh, no, 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 100%. Okay. He goes to Snellville. His kids are okay. involved in all of that. But he, he's also a church consultant by profession. Okay. And so it's retainer maybe is a word to say. Okay. But he is so bought in, and like they attend a Grace Church and all that stuff. And so he closed out the last session with looking at 1 Samuel chapter 4. And mm. what he did is... He compared and contrasted David and Saul's leadership. Yep. yep. How they both had failures. Yep. They both at times were massively unhealthy. Yep. But they responded to their unhealth in different ways. And one of the things that he stuck out that that he said that really stuck out to me was we have a there's now a reaction to leadership in our culture. Because of unhealthy leadership, we react one of two ways. The first one is we reject leadership outright. Yeah. We can't trust another pastor. We can't trust another president. It's all bad. It's all this. It's all that. So we reject it. And what that does is that introduces total and complete chaos when people are actually fighting for leadership, yeah. but they're saying we don't believe in leadership. So that so it's reject leadership or it's this. We raise leadership so high to a standard. That no one can meet. Nobody can attain it. No one And we're constantly critiquing, constantly disappointed, constantly all of those things. And, you know, when he talked about leadership requires two things, authenticity and maturity. Yep. Right? And he brought out a matrix. Oh, man, come on. I love it. Here we go. And so when you look at it and you map it out in like four quadrants, you've got like high healthy authenticity or at the bottom low authenticity and then on the right hand side you've got high maturity or you've got low maturity and so he said this he said like if you have high authenticity where you're honest you're transparent but there's no maturity that's a sick culture yeah he said that's being a part of a small group that never gets well Everybody just always talks about their problems. Man, I used to get so high. Or our marriage is, and the reason I hate him is because we're being honest. But when are we ever maturing, right? Mm -hmm. When are we trying to get well? Yeah, and so the opposite of that is high maturity, right? We're achieving, we're celebrating, look at what I've done, but there's no honesty. There's no authenticity, and he said, in that extreme, that's fake. Yeah. Because it's always look at what I accomplished, yeah. look at what I did, but I'm never going to talk about my weaknesses. What's funny about this is this is also true of our families. Yeah. yeah. As well, right? So there's families where we're open and honest about everything, but we're not really getting better. Mm -hmm. And then there's the cleavers where we never talk about anything bad and it's mm -hmm. always good. Then he said, if there's low maturity and low authenticity or honesty, that's just being apathetic, you right? You don't, you, you don't care about anything. Get out of here. I don't care. But he said, it's high authenticity and high maturity where, and this was the sentence, man, and, and, and this was gold. He said, 
healthy community is being honest about our failures and weaknesses and also not being ashamed to celebrate our victories. Yeah. I was like, come on. I mean, think about that. This is a place where I can go, man, I lost it with my kids today. Mm -hmm. And someone else can go, you know what? By God's grace, we're in a good season with our kids. Yeah. And both of those things are good. Yeah. Both of those things are okay. I wanted to ask, in our unhealth and just natural, which one of those quadrants would you say, either leadership or anything like that, that you fall in? Like, uh, if I'm left to my own device, I'm just going to be super honest and never get better, which is sick. Or I'm going to just kind of fake it till you make it. And it'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm showing you. I've, I've done all of these things. Or is it just kind of apathetic? Meh. Oh, I'll let you guys answer for me if you want to be brave. <laughs> and I will not get offended. because I don't want to answer for you. My, I think I play to different crowds even in leadership. Mm. When, I mean, even at like staff table alone, there's like this and then it gets closer yeah. and this. And I think outwardly to most people, I would try to pretend all together. And then I think the more deeper you get, the more I trust you, I just live in sickness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Good. Of like, oh, well, you're safe. Yeah. So I'll tell you how sick I am. Yeah. And you'll tell me it's okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you love me and you can Enable. see the dark depths of my soul. Sure. Yeah. And like, I kind of want to stay in that so sure. that we can stay sick together Oof. so that we can just stay like yep. this safe place. There's no challenge. There's no, I mean, I would be, mm. I would be the opposite in the sense of fakeness. I would try to fake it till you make it. Like, I mean, I even remember when a definition of leadership is never let them see you cry. Oh, yeah. And uh, pain is weakness leaving the body and all of that trash. And it's always like, gotta achieve, gotta do. And in reality, I am dying inside. Don't know how much more I can go. And what that ends up being is like, a total and complete catastrophe yeah. because you explode in something like that. What about you, Nikki? Well, I would have thought you guys would have been like, oh, fake. But then when Haley started talking, you two especially get my ick. Yeah. And so I can absolutely see that, yeah. that parallel, Haley, where you two are so trusted and you are part of my people that I can be like, okay, here's all the ick. Yeah. Like but, it was a big deal for me to come to you two specifically and be like, hey, I don't need a safe, another safe place yeah. where I can like cuss and be bad with my, I need you guys to hold me, hold accountable. me accountable because we can be that safe place for, mm -hmm. of like, yep. man, I messed up today. And it's like, I love you. We're still on this journey together, but it's like, that's not who you are. How are you going to correct that? Yeah. Moving forward? yeah. Like yeah. I want, yeah. I want you guys to not only be the you? people who love me in that, but who celebrate like. Haley, you know, like you've really tamed your tongue these last, like not just behavioral modification, but Amen. like I see a heart transformation. Celebrate. In you because the people that I've been fake to saying yeah. that to me, I'll go, man, that means nothing. Yeah. Right? You don't know what I've been hiding. Yeah. Yeah. But the people who see my sickness, when they celebrate, that's a whole different level. Yeah. That's like true love that's and good. affirmation. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And so good. you have to have both or it's it's not real. Yeah, that's good. Listen, we can't encourage you guys enough that uh, over the next month, go to gfc.tv 
and you can click the summit tab and all of these sessions, the breakouts are going to be on there. Please, please, please guys listen to these things. It's, it's almost like free therapy. I mean, honestly, in a way, it's so healing. If you're listening to this and you've thought about fostering or adopting in anything, I cannot stress enough Johanna Steen's talk on TBRI. I was literally writing so many things like, Yes. I can't enough. I went to the worship and production one and like, I'm not going to talk about it all on here. We're way pushing time. We've had a lot of content, but the conversation that we had in there was nothing that I thought it was. It was going to, it was all about prayer and Mm. it had like, I mean, if you weren't in worship or production, they recorded it all. And I would, I mean, I really want to tell every single yeah. person about yeah. this. How cool is that? Because you would go into that session going, hmm, I wonder how we can streamline our transitions well, in the right? service. And then they're like, listen, dude, you got to pray, man. You, like, that's so that good. Was, it was yeah. everything I didn't. And even they even had trouble working the soundboard Perfect. at the beginning of it. And Perfect. John was like. I mean, I'm sure there's some sound people in here that could help it. And they're like, that's not the point of any of this. We're going to focus on prayer because how many times do we do a service and we don't like pray and meditate about it and you're focused on production and you're not even like praying. And it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to put my notebook down. All right, we'll start at the bottom again. That's good. I think we came back filled up. Amen. Amen. No question, which is kind of leads me just to the last question. After experiencing Summit, I know that we've tried to communicate to the best of our abilities, being a grace church, and we've had leadership come down and all of that kind of stuff. We give money to church planning and all of that stuff. But for you guys, what does it mean to be a part of the grace family of churches to you? Bro, it was game changing being there. And I know like part of leadership or whatever, but even seeing the revitalization of Monroe and seeing that not just the Monroe church, but that all the churches came to pray over that building. Yes. And that the churches helped raise money, like the family. Yeah. That was such a game changer because I think I've been operating of like, yeah, we have these people around. Sure. And like, maybe they help Jason. Right. But like, I personally have not talked to any of them. Sure. And then seeing like, there are people all over this map that pray for us. Amen. Yeah. There are people all over this map that are rooting for us. Yeah. There are people that I could get resources from, but I also need to initiate some of that. Like, yep. there's some responsibility there. Yes. And then just like seeing what they did in DC of like, hey, the pastors are going to like, you have a family and maybe it's an extended family and maybe it's a little messed up and maybe you have to travel to them sometimes, but you do that at Christmas and Thanksgiving and you have That's, great memories. It's family. For me, yeah, no, for me it is, what does it mean to be a part of the grace family is I'm a part of a family, Yeah. but it's the positive and negative. And what I mean, I don't even want to say negative responsibility. Yeah. You get out what you put in. And so the seeking information the uh, investing in relationships and doing that, you really do reap the benefit of that. I think for it was sure. the first time I didn't feel like Westside was alone on an island. Amen. You know, I remember. Like, Amen. Even the capital money campaign of like, yep. how are we going to do this? It's like, well, there's people who've walked this road before us. Yes. And they're in our family. Amen. So they're not just telling us to like 
churchy answer. Yep. Like your family tells you all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, here's what we do. And I want to protect you from some of that. That's Amen. the difference of getting just advice from a consultant and advice from a family member. Yeah. And we have a huge Family. Amen. That's good. So well, last year when we were at Summit there at Midtown, I got to meet Megan, who has my job down there. Yeah, sure. And toured their facility and did this and did that and was super cool. And then Meredith came up and met her here on my home turf and we discussed things and that was a great connection. And then this year with the way Grace Monroe does things, I went into their kids part yeah. and Kyle McKinnon runs that. Well, she was busy doing other things, doing a morning session. I met her husband. So I met her Rick who I'm like, Hey, I'm Nikki. I'm at West side from Missouri, you know, introduced. And I was like, I was just curious if I could peek around and kind of pick your brain and see how you guys have things set up and do that. And he's like, okay. And he, took the time, walked me through the same way I know my husband would yeah. if someone else did that. And it was like going and visiting your cousin's new house. Yeah. And That's her cool. husband is like giving you the tour. Yeah. Come and on when in. she gets here, she can tell you more. That's cool. And all these different things. And I thought, yeah, we're this here. is why we're part of Grace. Yeah, man. These moments. Okay. So Jason challenged us to meet somebody yep. while we were there. Does anybody got a name, a shout out that they want to be like, I met this person while I was there in Monroe this weekend. I forgot his first name, but yeah, it's Kyle McKinnon's husband. I got to I spend a lot more time with Brian Krawczyk's executive pastor yeah. and getting him and Alex connected and some stuff like that. And so that was really good to kind of further that relationship and see how that plays out on, on a lot of that stuff. And I met Chip Dodd, <laughs> you know, but yeah, for sure. What about you? Shout out to Mindy Kaye. Come on. She is like 26 and she's not even actually in the Grace family. Their church is like in San Antonio yeah. and they know the pastor from the Grace church in Texas and he invited them there. Yeah. She's like a worship leader on contract with this church and they literally a trailer gets dropped off in a parking lot and they set it all up at 5 a.m. and they do worship. Oof, yeah. And then they tear it all down and she is like living for it. Wow. She has an HR degree and she said, Whenever the God takes my voice, I'll do something else. But until wow. he leads me that way, I'm going to sing. Mm. And she like shows me this gym. There's just like a rug on the floor. And she's like, Yeah, it's pretty low production, which is like, what I do here, right? Yeah, man, you know, come and she's on. like, but it's just like so spirit filled, and we just like have people that like serve so wow. much, and it was just like a whole different. Yes, you you walk away and go, we're not alone. Yeah, these it, experiences of scrambling and trying to find volunteers on Sunday, oh, and, you know, low production or this, which that, is and the what other. Chip was saying, yes, yeah. Look at this other person who may be in a different area, doing a different area of ministry, yeah. doing different service. The church looks different. Their part, yeah. But you know what? Same. Oh, here's the here's the here's yeah. the last Chip quote. Okay. <laughs> I uh -oh. don't believe us, but there all right. is no such thing as differences. There is only the refusal of sameness. Yep. There it, is no such thing as differences, only a refusal of sameness. On your I am part. still yep. processing. Like that was just such a incredible, man. And it was it, good. It kind of stunk to hear that. No. Yeah, you know, for sure. like how many times are you like, well, I'm not like that person. Puts the ball in your court. Yeah. And just like the refusal 
to see the same. So yeah. Jason, how many books did you come out of Summit either ordering, wanting to order, like yeah. what's on your to I've be got, read list? I've got two, two, two of ships. Yeah, I know, just two right now. Because I want to what I experienced with him was like, okay, this isn't just read. No, I yeah. read like this is meditate, oh, marinate, yeah. all of that. Yeah, he has of a stuff. podcast too. Yeah, he does have a podcast. Yeah, and guys. Oh, I didn't know that. That's new info for Corey me. And I was yep. sent it in the yep, yep. Text. So okay. just, just Google Chip Dodd on Google or podcasts. Um, you can go to gfc.tv for the summit stuff. There's a ton of information, guys. But listen, we know that it's we are. I love what Nikki said. Our cup is full and it runneth over. Yeah, can you tell um, we're for like, sure? We're high, let's but tell you we more. are really, really <laughs> excited to see you guys um, back again this Sunday. I always hate taking a Sunday off, even though we still gather online. Excuse me. This Sunday, we are finalizing and ending our Dwell series, which has been incredible. I'm really excited to get into the mobilize, how we can be doers of the word, all of that stuff. We are also going to be previewing the new sermon series that's coming up and how that stuff ties in with the Dwell series. And so we said from the beginning, this series is very formative for us, and it's going to shape literally the sermon calendar for the remainder of the year. Absolutely. What else do we have coming up Sunday, Nikki? This is something big for you guys. Yep. So this is the last Sunday for the Change Wars. That jar that- is getting big. Dude, it's getting full, man. I'm so because there yes. are there's folding money hidden beneath all those quiet coins. money. That quiet money. <laughs> yeah. I yes. will never forget you saying that. Yes. But yeah. I am so excited. But then we also have a leadership meeting Come on. with our kidside people, our security team, the worship team, and our welcome committee. Cause we are going to be tweaking and doing and I am so excited yep. for what February and what is coming for good, Kidside. Good, good. And he's not here, but I know he would be super jazzed to talk about it. Oh, yeah. This Sunday evening, starting at 5 p.m., is the very first Upper Room Worship Night. Yeah. And what that is is exactly the title. It is a time to linger in worship and to accept Jesus' invitation in the Upper Room to go deeper with Him. So it's going to be a beautifully structured night of prayer, of singing, of scripture, of testimony, all of those things. I think it's super important that you clarify that because I think most people hear worship and they're like, we're going to sing for an hour. Right. Worship right. is not just singing. No. Worship is everything we do in the presence of God. Yes. yes. And so it is prayer. It yes. is healing. It is scripture reading. It's a time to linger, man. And and the best way to summarize it is if you ever wish on Sunday like, mm, Man, I just wish we could spend time there, and I wish we could do... That's what it is Sunday night. That is what it is. So, guys, always write in. You can text. You can send us an email. And listen, if you could, do us a favor and write us a little review, subscribe, share the podcast so we can get up there and challenge the Joe Rogan numbers and all of that good stuff. But listen, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Obviously, you can tell it was a full weekend. You can go to gfc.tv. You can Google Chip Dodd, get all of those information. And until we meet again, never forget, it's all about Jesus. We love you.